New Faith Life Church. Do you know what the greatest form of giving is? Not your money. Yourself. Mmm. Ah. Think about that one. Yourself. See how quiet it got? Oh, my. That's the greatest form of giving is giving yourself. A lot of people think of money. You know, you got to give away all your money and stuff, which that's probably one of the lower ones. You know, giving of yourself is one of the greatest ones. Well, I'm glad to be here today. It's been a little while. It's been a little while. Do y'all remember what we talked about? Anybody have a clue what we talked about the last time I was here? What was it? I can't remember what happened yesterday, Harley, sometimes, so I, I don't blame you for not remembering. We had one or two services since then. But think just a second. No, it wasn't shocking all, but that's good. Y'all did good. No. No. Starting where you are. You remember that? If you start where you are, if you don't start where you are, you're going to do what? Stay where you are. So we're going to kind of go on with that just a little bit today. You remember me telling about where Mom Hagen started and where Miss Gloria started boiling potatoes in her coffee pot? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that um, some in some ways. But what I really want to ask you first and foremost today is have you ever heard of anybody saying they're just old and set in their ways? Huh? Don't look at your neighbor. They're just old and set in their ways. Have you ever seen anybody that's just young and set in their ways? They just, you know, I know I had this friend that worked with me, and she had a little boy, and I guarantee he wasn't over three years old or four years old, and he got up one day to go to school, and she told him to put on this certain shirt, and he didn't like this shirt, so he came out of the bathroom, and it was cut to shreds. Three or four years old. I thought, you have got to be kidding. I said, what did you do? She said, I just changed his shirt. I said, you did what? I said, I'd have taped the thing back together and he'd have worn it to school that day. <laughs> I would have. I'm telling you, I may be mean, but that's what I would have done. But he would have cut a shirt up like that. <laughs> Old and set in their ways, or young and set in their ways. Do you know God has ways? He has ways of doing things. He has ways of being. He has ways of, that he wants things done. He has ways of us accomplishing things. You know, the other day Keith and I were driving, and we were driving back from Tampa. Actually, I'll just go ahead and spill my guts about it. You like that, don't you? Okay. Well, you know, our anniversary is in May, but we didn't get to celebrate our anniversary then, so we kind of celebrated it the other day. And uh, he went and bought me this new watch here. Casey. Yeah. And so then I bought him one. Yes, so we bought each other a new watch just the other day. We celebrated our anniversary, just one or two days late. A little behind schedule. But we celebrated anyway. We don't get off on days too much, you know, because sometimes he's on another part of the world, you know. But anyway, we were driving there, and we were coming back from the mall up there, and I said, I don't want to go that way today. I don't feel like we should go back that way. I said, let's go this way. I said, I think it's a little better. And... Uh, 
I said, it doesn't put you in this part of town. I, I like going through this part of town better. And uh, he said, I really like hearing you say that. He said, you know, a lot of people are so set in their ways that they have the same track that they go every time that they go that they refuse to let God lead them in what they're doing. And they can be in a bad place because they refuse to let God show them what they're supposed to do. Do you know you can put yourself in danger by being set in your own ways? And do you know my GPS a lot of times will tell me go this way? But do you know my GPS is not the Holy Ghost and it's not God? And sometimes I have to override that thing to follow God's ways. Because I don't really feel like that's the way that I'm supposed to go. We have to, in order to stay hooked with God, we have to be open to other ways than just our ways. We have to be open to something else than just the way that we think. We have to be open to something on the inside of us, taking our day and throwing it upside down. We have to be willing to do something more differently than our flesh has ever done it before. And you know what? Our flesh doesn't like that. It likes to wake up in the morning and do everything exactly the same way at the same time. How many of you, I've asked you this before, I think, but how many of you are kind of sitting in the same place you usually sit here in church? Huh? Or or two or three seats from where you normally sit in church? Caught you, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Raise your hand real high. Look at that, look at that. We like routines. We like the same thing. But if we don't watch it, God will be saying, do something different, and we won't even be open to it because it's just the way that we did it yesterday. And we become almost like robots, and we just kind of do the same thing. And we don't even stay open to what God's trying to tell us to do it differently. Let's listen to a couple of verses um, and see what God has to say about these things. Are y'all open to it? Yeah. Or are you just setting your ways? That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, Psalms 95, verse 10. It says in the King James, Forty years long was I grieved. Can God get grieved? Okay, now that was five of you. What about the rest of you? Who's saying this? Forty years long was I grieved. Okay, so let me ask you, can God get grieved? Okay. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and I said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known whose ways? My ways. Go on to the next verse. Unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Now, how many of you, when you hear that, think that God is punishing them because they didn't do His ways? Raise your hand. A lot of people. Just common, natural thinking. 
Let's keep listening to it today. I think you may look at this a little bit differently. Let's look at it from the Message Bible. Verse 10. For 40 years they watched over me at work among them. As over and over they tried my patience. And I was provoked. And oh, was I provoked. You ever been provoked? Can't they keep their minds on God for five minutes? Do they simply refuse to walk down my road? The next one. Exasperated, I exploded. And if you read much of the Old Testament, he exploded. They'll never get where they're headed. They'll never be able to sit down and rest. Now, does that sound a little bit different than the other way? That is God's heart. That is the heart and mind and soul of God. The reason that He gives us His ways and the reason that He tells us how He wants us to do something is so that we can get it done faster and easier because His burden is... And his yoke is so that we can get done with it and rest. But what we have done so much of is done it our way. And our way makes it take so much longer and it's so much harder and we never get there. Okay, let me ask you a question. And you can raise your hand. How many of you are like me? When you get a new piece of something, you never read the manual. (laughs) I got this new watch. I didn't read the manual on it. But now, my husband got his new watch. The first thing he did when we got home was pull out the box, read the manual, get the DVD, look at the DVD. I mean, everything about the watch, he can tell you. That's my husband. If it has a manual, he's going to know what it says. Me, if it has a manual, he's going to know what my manual says. (laughs) Hey, Phil, you want to come see what this video on your watch says? You want to see how it was made? I'll do it because he asked me to, but... Other than that, I could care less. Does it work? Yep. Does it look pretty? Yes. Huh? But how does it... Can I operate all the functions? Absolutely not. That's why when the first VCRs came out, nobody could operate them. Because we are a generation of... If we can't figure it out with our minds, we ain't going to operate it. If it's not easy, step one, two, three, that we can figure out how to do this without reading the manual, we're not going to do it. Right? How many of you actually could operate your VCR and set the clock and keep it working and knew how to operate it and do all the functions on it when it came out? One, two, three, four, Five, six, seven people out of a whole crowd. You see what I'm saying? We don't read the manual. We don't read it. 
We don't have time to read the manual. We just want to use it. We just want to do it. We just want to get it and use it and do it. How many of you have ever gotten anything that you're trying to put together and it's got step one, step two, step three, and you try to put it together without the instructions and you don't get it right, so you have to go back and take it apart and get the instructions. Or you have parts left over at the end. And you wonder if it's going to work right. We don't read the manuals. We don't. What do they give us those things? And nowadays they don't even give them to you. How many of you got something new and they don't even get, you have to get online to get the manual? Because they know they're useless. They know 98% of the people don't read them. And so they're wasting their money printing them. Now, I do know a few people that read manuals. Perry, stand up. This man can take a manual and put an airplane together piece by piece by piece. I've seen him do it. I've seen him when Keith says, Perry, do you know how to do this? No, but i got a manual on it. The manual is this thick with the print where you have to have a magnifier this big around to read it, but he can do it. Thank God for people like that. Because if you give me something over three paragraphs to read, I'm going to go, what? What? I do good reading my Bible. But you know what that's done? It's caused us a major problem with learning out about God's ways. It's caused a major problem with us finding out who God is. Because when you get saved, you do not know who God is. It's like when you get a new job and somebody tells you, using Perry for instance, you become an airplane mechanic and you're going to work on big jet airplanes. And you walk in the door and you walk up to Perry and you say, I'm going to be an airplane mechanic today. And he looks at you kind of weird. Have you ever worked on airplanes? Well, no, but that's what I'm called to be. And he says, get away from my airplane. I know him well enough. That's what he'd say. Get away. Here's a rag. Mop the floor. Now, there's a lot of ways that you can learn to be an airplane mechanic. You can go to school and sit in a classroom and the teacher can teach you. You can learn it by being hands-on, working with him day after day after day after day. And him mentoring you, showing you to twist this wrench, do this, do this, do this, day after day after day. And getting the manuals out, reading them, and doing what they say. Is there any difference with learning how God works? You come into the things of God, and you need healing. Do you automatically walk in and say, okay, I'm healed. Maybe you can be because you're a baby. But immediately what happens? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
and he's going to come back and try to attack you again. How do you resist that? What word? You don't know any word. How are you going to resist him with the word that you don't know? Huh? Okay. Or your finances. You get saved. And the devil comes in and you start getting finances because you're a baby. And immediately after that, you get attacked in your finances. What do you do? You start quoting the word. That's good and fine. Except for if you don't have anything to back the word up because you don't really know the word. You're just quoting something you heard somebody else say. You don't have any foundation of the word. You don't know the word. If somebody goes up to Perry and says, yeah, I heard that probably what's wrong with that is probably the rudder is probably got a a screw loose in it or something like that. Because they, me. Okay, if I go to Perry and say, Perry, I think that that's probably the, oh, let's see if I can think of something. The gyro is is acting funny. He's going to look at me and say, Mrs. Moore, it's not the gyro. It has nothing to do with the gyro. Do you even know what you're talking about? Because I know the word gyro in an airplane. Because I heard somebody else say it. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you know what a gyro is? How many of you ever heard that word in an airplane? How many of you could pick it out in an airplane? Not the same hands even went up. How many of you know what a rudder is on an airplane? Do you see what I'm saying? Just because you've seen something, do you know how to operate it? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you know how to make it function the way it's supposed to function? That's the way we're doing with the Word. We're throwing these words out like we know what they mean and how to operate them. We're throwing them out like we can use them. We're throwing them out like we... I mean, I can throw words on the airplane out because I've been around it for years now. But don't put me in that cockpit. You're going to wish you hadn't. (laughs) Keith's all the time picking on me. Phil, I know you need to get back from Branson to Florida. I'm going to buy you a little 182 and we're going to paint it white and purple and you and your little pups can fly back. I say, are you trying to... You want me dead? It'd be the last time you ever see me in these little pups. He said, I know it'll be a long flight, but, you know, you can get there. He said, well, we got to start you out in something small. And I'm like, no, buddy. You get me a pilot, P-I-L. Pilot. And he just laughs at me. But, you know, I've learned a few things about an airplane. I've learned what we have to do. I've learned, you know... How many of you know what a Hobbs is? See, we got a few pilots in here. But see, I can throw around those words. I know what they are. A FMS. See, I know. I can point out the pilots in a hurry. I can throw out these words. I couldn't operate one of them if my life depended on it. And I'm serious. I'd have to say, Lord, put your hands here. Help me do this. But I can throw out these words as well as Keith can. And I can carry on a conversation with him. And if you were sitting there in the room, you wouldn't know I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. (laughs) 
uh-huh, honey, yeah, FMS, yeah, that's that thing that, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. And you put in the stuff, yeah, and you dial it, yeah, uh-huh, gotcha. But when it comes down to truly operating it, I'm going to crash. I am coming out of the sky. And that is what's happening to so many people. They have learned the right words to say and the right words to throw around. And they've learned what it is to say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And they've learned to say, uh, he meets all my needs and he supplies all my needs. But they've never learned his ways. They've never learned the background of it. They've never learned the foundation of how to fly an airplane. So when it comes down to it and the devil attacks and you have what Keith told about the other night, when you have smoke filling your cockpit, what happens? What do you do? When an emergency arises, what do you do? You panic. You go into panic mode. And you crash if you don't know what to do. I don't want us to be that way. When we get saved, we have got to find out His ways so that we can enter into His rest. So how do we find out His ways? How do we begin to know His ways? Is it possible to know His ways? What is his ways? Can anybody ever know those that they're so high and lofty? You can never know the ways of God. He doesn't talk to man that way. You can never understand. They're so mysterious. The children of God that were walking in the wilderness... They would have really done what God wanted them to do had they have known His will. They wouldn't have stayed out there 40 years had they have known His will. How many of you believe that? Well, let's find out if that's true or not. They were out there 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. 40 years. Acting like they didn't know what God wanted them to do. 40 years. Now, I've done some things for a long time, thinking I knew what I was doing. And eventually I got wise and I'd go to God. But I don't know if I've done it 40 years or not. Listen to Proverbs 3 in the Message Bible, verse 5. It says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. That's a big problem with a lot of people. They don't truly trust God. They truly trust their head. And that's the first place we have to start. 
is we have to realize that we have to trust Him and not our ways. Okay? Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Will that change your day? Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health and your very bones will vibrate with life. Now, whose ways are these? But what do we have to have in order to do that? A change of mind to trust Him. Now, what was happening with the children of Israel? They were not trusting God. They were trusting what they could see. They were trusting what they could feel. They were trusting that they didn't have food. They were trusting what they were seeing that day. Anybody in here doing that? Huh? Every one of us have done it. I'm not going to confess it over us for tomorrow or later today. But we've all done it. We've all looked at what's happening today to see whether God's doing what He said He would do or not. Are our bills paid? Is our body healed? Is our family in disarray? If you look to that, then you're not truly trusting in God. Because God said, if you wouldn't try to figure things out on your own, and you trust Him from the bottom of your heart, uh, the last one said, your body will glow with health and your very bones will vibrate with life. Psalm 103, verse 7. Did the, this is my question to you. Did the children of Israel know the will of God? I say yes. Okay? And this is how they knew them. He made known his ways. What? Unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Now, when people get saved, you get a new job, like what we were talking about. Do you know automatically what to do? What if you go in there and you pretend like you know what to do? What if you go in there and you wing it for a few days and then the real pressure comes on? You're going to be in over your head. It's exactly right. But what if they have this manual and they say, I know you don't know how to do this job. Take this manual home and study it. For the first two weeks before you start working for us. Study it inside and out. Learn it. 
These are the steps that you have to do in order to accomplish this job. You have to do them in this order. They have to be done this way. On Monday you do this. On Tuesday you do this. On Wednesday you do this. Thursday you do this. And then this machine is run this way. You run it. You turn it on like this. You do this. You know, I worked, God forbid, I even am telling you this. Keith will laugh his head off. For a week in a glove factory. If you, you, you know, they ask you what's your worst job, that's it. Okay? I worked as a teenage girl right after Keith and I got married, very young. My best friend's mom owned this glove factory. And we were making these gloves. And we had the, the job of forming the gloves. Now, in order to form the gloves, you had to turn the machines on a certain way. Then you had to turn the hands a certain way. Then you had to un, um, turn the gloves inside out. And then you had to put them on these hands that were like 300 degrees because they were steel hands and they were standing up like this. And then you put the gloves on top of the hands and it formed them because it was so hot. Now, if you touch those hands, it would just fry your hand. And then after you did that, the next step was to put them in this other thing so that they would form. Well, there was a step-by-step thing that you had to do in order to make this glove. Well, the first day I was there, I missed every step about every time. And the gloves just would not form, and I couldn't figure out how come they would not form. And it was because I kept missing a step. I kept leaving out these steps. So my supervisor came back over there, and she showed me, you're missing this step. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm missing this step. So I got this one step, and I was forgetting to spray this stuff on it. And I had to spray this step on it for it to keep it the form. When I sprayed the stuff on it, man, they just stood up like they were supposed to stand up. But they weren't ever going to stand up the way they were supposed to till I did that. I could have done it from then on. But had I read the book like I was supposed to and read the instructions again, but thank God that I had a supervisor that helped me to understand the instructions and got me back on my path. Are you getting it? God is so good to us. He gave us this book as an instruction manual. But now not everybody reads the book. Like I said, we only had about ten hands in here raised their hand that they even read manuals. So that would lead me to believe that only ten people are reading very much. Huh? So thank God for His mercy. So because of that, He institutes something called a church. So that when people don't read the manual, there's something called ministers that will take the time and He will grace them and give them the abilities to read the manual and say, you let the spray out. That's the step that you're missing. And explain the steps 
to you one by one by one by one by one so that you get your finances, so that you get your healing, so that you get your needs met, so that your family doesn't fall apart. So that's why we have churches. It's God's school. Yes, amen. It is God's school when you get saved. And do you know that Keith still has to go to flight school? He still has to go every year to flight school. You never outgrow flight school. I don't care if you're 110. God forbid they'd let him fly at 110. But if you were, you'd still have to go. Well, God is so good to us and he loves us so much that if he can't get it across to us by us sitting there reading our Bibles, because most people are not going to just sit there and read their Bibles and learn it for themselves. He gives us ministers to help us and help us carry us along and say, get it this way, this will do it. Some are better than others. But they get it across to us to where that we can understand it and where we can put one foot in front of the other and when we were down, Keith calls them the filling stations. You get filled back up again. And you can put this step in front of the other one and then this instruction comes next, so you do this next. And okay, we got that one. Oh, that was the step I was missing. That's why I hadn't been getting my needs met. That's why I can't keep my healing. That's why my marriage is falling apart. That's why my kids are not doing good. Missing that step. And the thing about it is, the Holy Ghost and God are so accommodating that there's not just exactly the same as it is in a manual to where you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, and you do them exactly the same. He makes them fit you exactly. He makes your 10 steps different than your 10 steps and yours different and yours different and he accommodates them exactly to you. And he gave gifts unto men to help us. To put us over the top so that we could learn his ways. Because when we learn his ways, we don't mess up. We don't miss the steps that we need to do. And that's what was happening to the children of Israel. They year after year after year after year kept wandering through the wilderness because they refused to listen to Moses. And that can happen too. You can have a leader. You can have a person. You can have the Bible. You can have God. And they can stand up and wail it to them day after day after day. Don't eat that manna. Don't pick that manna up. Don't do that. Don't go touch that. Don't deal with that. Don't eat that. Don't do And what do they do? They do it anyway. And if you eat the manna when God says, don't eat the manna, then whose ways are you doing? Your own own ways. And what does that cause you to do? All it does is it causes you, it's like playing Mother May I. Any of you ever played that game? Mother, may I take two steps forward? Yes, you may. You just you didn't eat the manna, so you take two steps forward. Oh, you ate the manna. 
two steps backward. And it's not God doing it to us. That's what people have planted. That's, the devil so wants us to think that it's God being mean to us and keeping things from us. But it's not God doing it to us. It's every time that we do something that he didn't ask us to do or tell us to do or direct us to do, it's us. It's us. Say it with me. It's us causing ourselves to take two steps backwards. So that's why it's like me forming those gloves. I had to stay late those days. Not because my boss was trying to make me stay late, but because I was missing the steps. I had to get that work accomplished because the person that was ahead of me was going to be waiting on it the next day. So I had to go back, spray the gloves, go through the process of getting them formed so the person could have them the next day. God was not withholding anything from me. He was not withholding the the spray from me or me getting my job done. It was just me not doing that step. And that's the way it is in all of our lives. God is not withholding anything from us. It's us doing it our way instead of His way. He has a way, but we have to find it out. And the thing about it is, is we try to complicate it. And so many people are willing to just give up everything. Oh, God, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to give up my life for you. I'll move across the country. I'll go across the world. I'll serve on the mission field. Yes, but will you get up today and go to church? Will you serve in children's? Huh? Will you work in the parking lot? Oh. 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 You mean that? Oh. Will you do this for your neighbor? Oh, 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 you mean that? And so many times what God is wanting us to do is right here, like he says in front of our face, and we've seen it for so long that we've learned how to do this. And it's right here in front of our face. And all the time God's saying, hey, hey. And we're going. And it's his way that's right here. Almost slapping us in the face saying, get it. And we're doing everything we can to go around it. And all he is trying to do is get us to trust Him so that we can rest. Amen. Amen. To get it done sooner. Yes. Wasn't His game that I had to work late to get those gloves done. He wanted me to get off on time so that I could rest. But it was me missing the steps. So it's our job. It's not His job to get us to learn His ways. It's our job to learn His ways. Our job. And we are doing our very best for one hour on Sunday to, this is his ways, this is his ways, this is his ways, this is his ways. Let's learn them. Let's learn them. But, you know, one hour on Sunday and 500 hours the rest of the week of everybody doing their own way does not a good plan make. That's why he says, read your chapter. 
That's why he says, do this, do that. Where if we can at least get the heart of God on a Sunday, we can at least get his spirit in us to where when he, you get up in the morning and he says, like I did last week when we were going to get these, don't go that way. Go this way. Don't do that. And you go, oh, that could be God. You know, I heard them say in church on Sunday, uh, we, we might not always need to go the way that we feel like we need to go. Or the GPS says, go. Maybe we need to go this way today. And just like the story Tom was telling about him in that trailer, you understand he was talking about himself, right? They were moving some stuff down here the other day on the interstate. had been driving for a day and a half almost and got, well, a day, and it was 10 o'clock at night pulling a boat. The tongue broke on it. Kevin says, I need to stop. I need a potty break. At all places, at all times, they could have been driving 75 miles down an hour down the road. The right place, the right time. And if we'll do that, God will protect us. He'll lead us. But Kevin wasn't even supposed to be with him. He was supposed to be by himself. But Kevin says, you know what? I feel led that I'm supposed to go with you. So he, he asked me, Mrs. Moore, can I take vacation days this week and go help him do this? His normal routine is to get up and go to work every day. We have to be open to what God's telling us. We have to be open to his ways of what he's saying. Amen. We have to be open to, yeah, normally we do this today. Normally on Sunday we go home and we take a nap. Normally on Sunday we go eat and we do this. We have to be open to him saying, do it different today. We have to be open to this is my ways. This is the way I want it done. And if we'll do that, it'll protect us from the enemy being able to come in and snatch something out of our lives. And we have to know his ways to keep the devil from coming in and stealing our healing, stealing our money, stealing our family, stealing our marriage. Because we can quote all sorts of things that God blesses me and he gives me all things richly to enjoy. But if we don't know the word behind it that makes that stand, you can quote Rudder and you can quote uh, Gyro and FMS and all these words all day long. But you ain't flying the plane. You've got to do what Jude says and build your own self up in the Holy Spirit so that when the devil attacks, you don't just crumble and fall to pieces and have to have 26 people build you up. We've got to get to the point to where when something attacks us, we know what this word says. What did Jesus do when the devil attacked him? He said, it is written. Do you think if he'd have said another scripture, Jesus could have quoted him back another scripture? And do you think if he'd have quoted him another scripture, Jesus could have quoted him another scripture? I'm sure he could have. Why? Because he knew the word for himself. Year after year, when we first got into the ministry... I was priding myself in the fact that 
Keith is in the ministry. He's being able to go to school. He's being able to go to healing class. He's being able to go to prayer school. He doesn't have to think about the money stuff. He doesn't have to think about that side of stuff. He's studying and becoming the minister God wants him to be. And all the while, he's growing stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger of the things of God. All the while, Phyllis is working. Not hearing word. Maybe once on Sunday. Dealing with things in the world. Dealing with people. Hearing junk. Listening to this. Watching TV. Listening to this music. Doing this. Constantly. Thinking, doesn't matter. He's getting it. We'll be fine. He's getting it. He's the head. I'm following him. I'm not causing him any trouble. I'm paying all the bills. He should be happy. I come home. I get my paycheck. I hand it to him. Hey, I'm doing my part. Except to walk to what? Gather. How can they agree? They cannot. That's not God's way. That was my way. You know, God can get money to you. He can bring it to you with a little dog in a paper sack. Amen. Amen. He can rain it out of the sky. He can tell you to go fishing to pay your taxes. He can have Raven bring it to you. He can get money to you. But he cannot open your head and fill it with the word. That's your job. That's your job. And that's the point that I missed. My part was to be getting the word. My part was when I got home at night, I needed to be making up some ground. Instead of watching TV. Like I had time to to play with that idol. Because he was getting fed constantly. And we were growing further and further and further apart. Till we got to the brink of divorce. How can you stay together unless you be agreed? If one is growing for God and the other is growing for the world, you're going to come to a point to where instead of going together for God, you're growing this way. But if you're both trying to find out the ways of God, they're trying to find out the ways of God, and you're trying to find out the ways of God, each step is going to get closer. That's right. That's right. You don't have to try to agree on everything, but if you're both trying to find out the ways of God, where are you going? Huh? Where are you going? You don't have to figure out counseling. You don't have to figure out anything, but if you're both trying to find out about God, it's going to take you to the same place. That's right. It's going to give you all the answers you need. And along that way, as you're doing that, everything you need will be supplied. Everything you need will be supplied. 
His ways. Well, let me just read you that verse. Let's see. I know I have it in here. Isaiah 55, verse 9. Uh, NIV. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Are his ways higher than our ways? Are his thoughts higher than our thoughts? What does he mean by that? Let's read it in the message. For as the sky soars high above the earth, the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Now that kind of spells it out for you, right? You can think, I mean, you can sit and think and think and think and think and think and think and think, 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 think with everything you have how to make something work. And come up with the grandest of plans. And God can do it in 30 seconds. Let me explain. For the last three years, Keith and I have thrown back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. God, when when we got to Branson, gave us this boat. Really nice boat. I call it the Skipper D. If you've ever watched Louise, you know what I'm talking about. Eloise, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's a cartoon show. Um, You heard him telling about Bible last week. Yeah, that's my shows. This boat, it's a really nice cabin cruiser boat out on the lake. We've had it for how long now, Rob, you think? Ten years, five years, something like that, ten years maybe? We've probably gone out on it five times because our recreational life is lacking. (laughs) So over the last year or so, we decided we kept tossing back and forth the thought of we need to put this up for sale, we need to put a sign on it, we need to do this, and we just never did. We never got around to it. So the other day, we get a phone call. This guy that's on the dock slip thing across from us. He says, I want to buy your boat, and this is what I'm going to give you for it, above what we would have asked for it. He goes, he takes a ride on it. Okay, we close. That's it. Done. <laughs> Done. We have to do, we say, you know, we haven't driven it in a year and a half, and I'm not sure, you know, what's wrong with it. You're going to have to take it as is. We don't want to fool with it. Fine. We had to do absolutely nothing. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. If you seek first God and His ways, He'll take care of everything else that you're trying to sit and think and figure. Because His ways are higher than your ways. He'll figure out ways to do things. He'll figure out ways of making things happen in your life. I've known people personally that they were believing God to do uh, music projects. They were believing God to do things. And they couldn't figure out how to do demo tapes to save their soul. And God sends somebody past their place of business and hands them a check they've never met before. 
for tens of thousands of dollars because they owned a gold mine. Now, that kind of stuff don't just happen. Huh? God's ways are higher than your ways. Now, how long would you have had to work for $15,000 extra above and beyond what you need to pay your bills? After taxes and child support and meals and utilities and house payment and car payment. God just says here. God's ways are higher than our ways. But we have to follow Him. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He can do things that we can't figure out with our minds. He's smarter than us. Go figure. He is smarter than, than I am. And it's a good thing. Because I can't think of every situation. But what he does is he gives us his word. And he says, if you'll do it this way and you'll take these steps and you'll follow me and you'll do what I say do today, you'll come out better than what you had planned to do. It doesn't seem like it. But if you'll take these steps, you'll be further ahead than they are. It's like the tortoise and the hare. The old nursery rhyme. It could appear to people that you would come out behind, slower, losing the race. That's right, but, you're not. but you'll never come out that way if you follow God. Amen. You'll always be the one that shines. You'll always be the one that comes out in front. You know why? Because it may appear that their paycheck has a bunch of more zeros behind it, but... By the time that they get finished for paying all the medical bills that they have to pay and all the child support that they have to pay and all the dental bills and all the eye bills and all the this bills and all the wrecked cars and insurance and all the things that they have to pay, their paycheck will wind up at zero. Where? Your paycheck may have a lot less zeros behind it, but you didn't have that medical bill and you didn't have that car accident and you didn't have that child support and you didn't have all those extra things that your house broke down, your hot water heater broke down, your refrigerator didn't break down, and this didn't break down and you have lots of extra because you've been given and you've been tithing and the devourer is rebuked because of what's going on in your life and you can't explain it to save your soul how you came out better than your boss did because you get way less than your boss did and you went and bought a new car and your boss can't because his ways are higher than our ways He's smarter than we are. We don't have to do it the world's way to get God's best. We have to do it God's way to get God's best. We have to know what the manual says and follow his instructions. Maybe he has you being the janitor at a school. Maybe he has you being a mechanic at an auto dealership. Maybe he has you being uh, stocking shelves at Walmart. Maybe your paycheck has less zeros than everybody else in this building. You can still come out better than the highest person paid at a CEO at a company if you don't have all the attacks that the other people have. And all it 
is one person coming up to you and handing you a check for $50,000 and it could solve all your needs in about 30 seconds. Because what pays is being in the will of God continuously, being in the right place at the right time, and God could walk up and say, you know what, I want to pay off your house. We, had, we have this couple that sits at Branson Church. If you watch there, you've seen them a lot of times. They'll testify of it. They sit right here a lot of times uh, at, at church. I, I'm going to tell the story about their house. They, when they came to work for us, they had a house in Texas. And I'm not, I've not asked their permission to tell this, but I'm going to tell it, and then I'll tell them later. <laughs> they don't care so long as it helps people. I know them. They had a nice house in Texas. Really nice house in Texas. But God dealt with them to come to work for us. So they put that house up on the market and they, they came to Branson. Well, they didn't really have a place to live. They were living in an apartment. Well, this house came on the market that they liked right down the road from us. Well, it was very, very expensive. And so, but they liked it. So they went to the people and asked the people, could they buy this house? And the people said, no, no. Uh, not for that price, and they said, we'll sell it to you for this price, which was way, way, like five times more than what they wanted to give for it, you know. And they said, no, we can't, we can't do that. And so they just left it alone. So one day I was at this place, and this woman happened to be there that I bought my house from, and she said, do you know what? She said, you know the house down from you? And she told me the people's name, and I knew who she was talking about. She said, it's about to be auctioned on the courthouse steps next week. And guess what I did? I called the people that's working for us. And I said, you need to be there. They bought that house for pennies on the dollar. I mean pennies on the dollar. I mean, let's see, I would say an eighth of what they had been asked for it. The people had asked for it. Well, but they still owed a little bit on it. But they obeyed God, left their house, and when they got an offer on their house in Texas, they said, you know what, we really feel like we need to sell this, but it's less than what we want to get for it, and we're still going to have to pay off a little bit, but we feel like we need to be that off of our minds. So they sold it, lost a little bit on it. But we needed that off of our mind. God's ways are higher than our ways. It was not a year. They were sitting there in a service, and the camera, that camera right there, caught them. And then there was one up here, and it caught them. They were sitting here. We got an email wanting to know their name. Wasn't a few weeks later, we got a check saying, we want to pay off their house. We don't know how much it is, but we want to pay it off. Somebody that had never met them, does that kind of thing happen, really? Would it happen for you? Are God's ways higher than our ways? When you do things God's way, He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He opens doors for you. He makes paths straight for you. He clears out the way of everything that's in your way and just gets straight to you. He said, we want to pay off their house. Sure enough, happened is right. Their house that they already had gotten for pennies on the dollar 
was paid in full. Paid in full. Because their heart was to do what God wanted them to do. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about what they got for their other house. It, it was about them getting as close to us as they could to help us. Amen. He travels with Keith now. And what it did was, in case a lot of people don't know, I was having to travel with Keith all the time. It freed that up to where I could be here starting this church, starting that church. And he could travel with Keith. God knew that. I didn't know that. But God knew it. And God knew it needed to happen then. And he made a way where there seemed to be no way. But if you put God's ways first in your life, his plan and his ways first in your life, he'll make a way. But the thing about it is we've got to find out what his ways are. And you can find out about them by reading them in this book. You can sit down and you can eat Genesis for breakfast, Isaiah for lunch, and Philippians for dessert. And you can do it. Or, which you should do, but a lot of people won't. Or you can continuously be feeding on the Word by tapes these days and videos, getting it plugged into your ears. Because you know what? We're behind time. We're behind. We've got work to do. And if things are not happening in your life, if the gloves are not forming, you're missing a step. And it's not God's fault. Because He wants us to enter into His rest. And if you're getting frustrated, you ever put trying to put something together and it's not coming together right, and you get really, really frustrated, and you have to get the instructions back out because you missed a step, if you're getting frustrated with your life, if you're getting irritated, if you're getting bent out of shape, it's because you missed a step. You missed something somewhere. You're getting irritated and frustrated and bent out of shape. Why isn't God doing this for me? It ain't Him. We missed a step somewhere. Figure out what it is. And go back and do that step and the gloves will form. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. God is such a... You know what? Um, Rob read this verse... You know, and I laughed. I turned around and I showed it to, to um, Dan and Shireen when he did this morning because it's just the way that the Holy Ghost flows. So go ahead and put it back up there. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's in my notes in the NIV. In case y'all are wondering, that's just the way the Holy Ghost does. He said, I know the plans for, I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that is His plans for you when you do His ways and His will. Can you say amen? Amen. Are you excited about it? Are you going to start looking for that step you missed? Yes, amen. I know I do all the time. Can y'all got something you can sing? Go for it.
so good, isn't he? Are you ready to know more, see more? Why don't you, if you mean it, pray this after me, okay? Mean it from your heart. Close your eyes, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, for revelation, for bringing light into my life, showing me the things I've missed. I ask you with my whole heart, show them to me, reveal them to me, things I've missed, steps I didn't take. Help me give your grace upon my life that I would be able to pick up those steps and to move on that things would happen in your perfect will your perfect design for my life from this day forward in Jesus name glory 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 he's gonna do it we're gonna have testimonies of steps being picked up steps being picked up and brought back into your life and God's going to bring stuff to you that you've been believing for for months and years and decades because you went back and you did that step and now all of the pieces come together and the gloves will form because you got all the steps in the right order glory to God he's going to do it praise the Lord well he's reminded me steps there's one step that you're going to have to do before any of the other ones really matter at all. And so if you're in here and you're in this place under the sound of my voice and you don't know that you know that you know that if you were to die today, you'd go and meet Jesus and make heaven your home, that's the first step. And if you're here and you want to make that first step, would you just be bold and unashamed? Raise your hand. Just say... I don't know for sure, but I want to. Would you just raise your hand and say, I want to know without a doubt that I'm going to make heaven my home. I want to know. Glory to God. Well, altar care workers, would you come on up? We're going to pray and we're going to affirm or reaffirm our faith right now. So if you would bow your heads, pray this after me, dear Lord. I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. That he paid the full price for all my sin. I believe you raised him from the dead. He's seated at your right hand, making intercession for me right now. Jesus I believe in you and I ask you to come into my heart help me show me and I will live for you and I will serve you all of my days in Jesus name Amen Glory to God well if you prayed that for the first time or or you just came back to the Lord or you want filled with the Holy Spirit 
to where, as she said, you can build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Altar care workers are standing up here. You come and you talk to them. Don't leave with questions. Leave with answers. Amen. Well, they're going to sing. We're going to be dismissed. We love y'all. Have a blessed week. So be your way.